Hello friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 323 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I'm talking to you about what I believe to be the worst job in the world, along with the worst business in the world. What is it? You'll just have to tune into the full episode to find out. JK, it's actually being in the business of convincing. I hate it so much, I'm willing to spoil it in the hopes that you will listen to the full episode to hear all of the musings. Okay, back to the traditional cliffhanger portion of the intro. But first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two. What up, my podcast people? Welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. You know, week after week, I continue to be floored by the fact that you listen, you tune in, it resonates, you take things away, you sometimes DM me, and I'm like, I said that? Did not know that. I do record these, you know, quite a few days ahead. But even if I didn't, I probably still wouldn't remember what I said. Uh, I was actually having a discussion with, with James Olivia the other day. And I was just like, once I have processed something and created it and put it out, it's like gone. Like I, I'm, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm done with it. But it's no longer in my mind the same way. And I'm not like sitting there dwelling on it. And so I like, won't even remember sometimes the things I've said about it. I will stand behind them 100%. But if someone was like to quote me, which happens sometimes, I'm like, oh, well, well then. I, was, I said that awesome. Cool. Uh, but James Olivia, you know, is the same. Like I will sit and I, I did a post um, last week. Courtney, if you could link it, thank you. I did a post last week about a better way to coach. And I it took me all day. It's a swipe post. It has 10, 10 little stories on it, 10 little, I don't know what you call them. I'm going to call them slides on it. And it took me literally all day to really get out, formulate, narrow down exactly what I wanted to say. And I was actually revisiting some of, you know, what James Olivia had said in, in their posts about judgment and punishment, mainly about punishment and really sitting with things and my own feelings and my own thoughts and really trying to dissect them and reflect back on my own life experiences with sport. And it literally took me all day. But then once I was done, I was like, and yeah, that's how I think. That's how I feel. And that's, that's what, you know, what sparked the conversation because James Olivia hit me up about the post and they, they were, you know, 
they gave me a good, great feedback. Great, you know, in my corner with it. Uh, but I was like, it's so funny to me because that shit literally took me all day. But then once it's out, it's like becomes almost like, oh yeah, I've always thought this. Uh, I can... I'm hesitating to use the word right now because the word is what I'm going to talk about this episode, but uh, once I say something a bunch or enough times to myself, I believe it. Uh, And it's if I think about something enough, and that could be over a a long time period or just intensely in a single period of time, I'm like, yeah, this this is, I've identified this is my belief about this. Uh, And that's what happened with, with that episode. So episode it wasn't an episode with that with that post uh, so it's it's so interesting to me how how that can and can that, how that can happen uh, and just tying it back in that's oftentimes why if I say things and I'm like I said that huh it's because it, it's so it's wild to me it just becomes part of yeah I, I do believe this uh, and sometimes it happens really quickly but I digress uh, I'm this is not at all what the episode is about. Today we're talking about what I consider, what I would consider to be the worst job in the world, which would be being in charge of the worst business in the world, which is the business of convincing. So I don't really even know how job titles work. So you could be the president, the CEO, the, I don't really know what the the founder, just the highest, the person who has to do this shit every day. So maybe that makes it the lowest. I don't know. But the business of convincing is by far the worst business in the world. And you've likely heard me say it in the past where I've said, I left the business of convincing a long time ago, and I refuse to ever go back to that that job. So I was talking about this. It came up during a mafia call that we had uh, last week, and we're talking about pricing. And one of the the thought the the points that I just put out there was like, what if we just let it be easy, and In this case, what I meant by it is selling and business. And what if we just let it be, quote-unquote, easy? What if, you know, is there, rather, is there a downside to autonomy? You know, it sounds very funny when I say that, but I think when you really strip it down, that's what it comes down to. When we're thinking about selling, and I think part of the reason, I think there's there's many reasons why people can cannot like selling, right? Maybe they don't believe in their product. Uh, Perhaps they've had bad experiences with it, and we we always go back to that, like I don't want to be a salesman, I want to be a car salesman. And I think you know when when we tie it into that, there is that forced nature to it. There's that removal of autonomy where they're just trying to convince you of this thing and they're trying to pull a fast one on you. So it's not only not, not only are they trying to convince you, but they're like in our belief it's our belief that they're trying to like, you know, get one over on us and charge us too much. So there's just like nothing good about that. So there's the removal of autonomy and like the injection of terribleness, right? Where we're like they're like and we're going to take extra money and overcharge you. 
So when we're talking about pricing, and, and this is largely how I coach, and I've been sitting with this for quite some time now and just feeling very fortunate. And I don't say that, in, I th- almost sometimes saying that you're fortunate has this like very apologetic, almost negative connotation to it. And we kind of use it I almost like acknowledge that we have privilege and then that kind of is tied into the fact that we kind of think that privilege has automatically a negative connotation. But I realize that I am very fortunate uh, and perhaps by that I mean that I know not everyone is in the same situation where I can say that I don't need a sale. Now, I am by no means rich. I am by no means come from money. I by no means have, you know, some sort of, what, I don't even know what it's called, a trust or anything like that. And I by all means still have a ton of student loan debt. Uh, but when I'm, you know, I'm in a position right now where I, I have savings. I, I, you know, I speak all the time about profit first. And uh, Courtney, if you could link the two episodes to do with Sandy, my accountant, that'd be great. And just financial stability is something that's very important to me. And so I've been working really hard to save. As such, I do need to make money. Absolutely. Like getting Rupert one of the best things ever. Because I was like, I got to make sure we can eat and we have a place to live. But when, like I just did a launch for the intensive and it's a very nice position to be in, to be like, I don't need this sale. I don't need, not that like, oh, I don't want to work with you and like, I'm too good for you. But if there, if someone's coming from a place of desperation, I can and will say no, because that is not worth it. Right? I already know that's not going to be a good relationship, a good encounter, a good experience for either party, me or that person. So I get that it's there's there's privilege there. Is you know very fortunate to be in that situation, but that's what I want for everyone. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If I could give anyone a gift, if I could give anyone any gift, it would be the gift of time. Or perhaps if you were really really young, I'd give you want to give you the 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 ability to value time in the same way that someone who doesn't have much time values it. But If I could give anyone any gift, it would be the gift of time where we can remove that urgency. Now, I know if if you need money, perhaps more time isn't necessarily the best thing. But if I give you more time until your bills are due, then, you know, that, that could be good. But when we can remove that urgency, everything changes. When you don't need the sale, you make the sale so much easier, so much easier. So back to this business of convincing, I I largely think, by and large, think that when we have our issues with selling, that's that's a large part of it. And running, uh, you know, I know a bunch of you out there hate running a webinar and selling at the end. Don't fucking do it. I hate it. I don't do it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not objectively or morally wrong. I hate doing it. I hate being sold to on webinars because I'm like, you didn't give me any of the information you promised. And now you're basically use this whole entire thing to try and convince me that I need this other thing that you have. I fucking hate this business, the business of convincing. And now I'm all up in it. You got me in here. And now I hate you. I so if we could remove that urgency, if we could remove that level of that, the trying to convince people, what would that look like for you? 
right, I was listening to a uh, maybe an IGTV the other day. I don't know something, something social media, and the video overall ended up being really good. But the beginning part, I was like, oh. Let me, let me, I, and that's actually why I watched the rest of it because I was like, "What? what is this person going to say? Because I, I already kind of disagree with the question here. And part of the question was, you know, what, you know, are you, are you a, not what, it was, are you a, a gym owner and you're upset that people aren't spending their money at your gym, right? Are you upset that they're not spending their money and prioritizing their money so that they can you know, do private coaching and do private sessions. And I was like, you have no right to be mad about that. So I don't love the question. The solution that was presented at the end was it was fine. Uh, but the question itself, I was just like, what? And that guy, you know, again, got my wheels turning of like, what if we let it be easy? And I know, I, I, I believe that if we let it be easy and we didn't try to convince people, that we probably make less sales initially. Not, not you know, not probably. We would, we would, we would make less sales initially. But this ties into that concept that I speak about often of second chance sales, where you don't get that person now because maybe they didn't have that problem right now, or they just they just didn't have enough of that problem right now. And so you you'll get them later. I think that we like to tell ourselves this story. Of, oh, but if I wait till later, then they're going to be even worse off. And we have this like kind of, you know, hero savior complex that we create so that we feel better about convincing them that they need this thing now. And I'm like, what if we just waited? What if we just let people decide on their own? What if we just gave people autonomy? And I don't even know if I'm going to have that many answers in this episode. I, I really am asking and maybe I should put more like you know upward in, you know, inflection in my voice like what if we let it be easy what if we let people choose and you know really making that a question and letting you chat with me and and I'd love to hear from you like what if you could do that I know that as a coach I love that when people come in without that urgency when people come in and they have a separate form of income whether it's that they have another job or they have savings or they have a partner that can help them out financially or whatever their circumstances allow for them to not have so much urgency and not like need this thing right here to work right now, they always do better because they can show up in a different way when they are actually selling, right? And selling is not convincing. To me, selling is simply offering a paid solution to a problem. It's an invitation. That's it. I have this thing. Do you want it? Yes. Cool. No. Also cool. That's fine. Like what if that could actually be the transaction? What if that could actually be the experience, the encounter? If we could just let it, let it be. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that and maybe your experiences with that. And you know, I feel like as I was thinking about this episode, I feel like one of the things that we hear sometimes is like, I get it, you've got a business to run. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what if, if we strip it down? Because right? I kind of know the response to that. Like, I think sometimes people would justify or, yeah, whatever. They'll, they'll justify someone's actions and they're, they're those trying to convince others and the, the selling tactics that they use. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, 
They have a business to run. What does that mean? If we strip that down, does that mean that person has bills to pay so they are justified in using any means necessary, including coercion and removal of autonomy to get those bills paid, to pay for things that they chose to do? Is that what we're saying? Because I don't know if that's, like, really good. Like, I will give people the benefit of the doubt, and I think that part of them means, like, they're just trying to make a living. Totally get it. Totally get it. But what if we could let it be easy? And I don't want to you know this to like devolve into a conversation where people just are automatically like well that's capitalism because i do not think that's actually a fair statement right if you go and look at the definition of things and i don't think that that is you know that doesn't and that doesn't help anything anyway right, so my first question is what if we could let it be easy and then i think the second question is how do we get there and what steps you know could could be take to get to that position but I wanted to create this episode and put this episode out largely to get my own thoughts out there and and start really getting them you know formulated because this is something I've been thinking about for quite some time and if you ever work with me this is how I coach I am all about social media because there is that free exchange of ideas I don't have people go on there. Have you ever taken my intensive? You know this. I don't have people go on there to be like, you need this. Here's why you need what I have. I tell people, go ahead and share this because it matters to you. Because you care about it. Show people that you have solutions to problems. If those people have those problems, awesome. If those people decide that they want help with their problems, even more awesome. But my goal is never to have someone try and convince people that they have a problem or to convince people that they need to solve that problem right now. I, I kind of think about those, uh, those commercials you see that are always for like some ridiculous product and they make regular life seem so difficult. Like the person is like, can't walk all of a sudden, like they're tripping and falling or like they go to pour something and like spill it everywhere. And you're like, why would you even do that? And they're like trying to convince you that you need this thing. And you're like, this is just absurd. That's how I view a lot of the other, you know, the tactics that I see. And I'm like, what if we didn't do that? What if we let autonomy reign supreme? One of the things that I've seen a lot and one of the things that I coach and and talk about is what I'll call attraction by action or attraction through action. And the thing that I have seen time and time again to be the most powerful and, you know, the thing that moves the needle the most when it comes to getting other people to do something or getting other people to want to do something is leading by example. Right now I'm thinking about Meredith Root uh, and Alex Parker, but, you know, Meredith Root, I see a lot more of her stories. And both of them are are from Tactic Nutrition. Um, Courtney, if you link, I think we have two or three episodes with them. Uh, one of them, they may not have even had been called tactic yet. 
Um, but if you could link those episodes in the show notes, that would be amazing. Thank you. And I'm thinking about that right now. And Meredith has been running. Actually, both of them, both Meredith and Alex have been running a shit ton. Meredith is training for a half. Alex, I believe, is training for a full. Uh, but Meredith is also still lifting heavy. Not that Alex isn't, but again, I see more, I see more of Meredith's stories. Uh, and so she's talking about this like hybrid athlete. And I was like, you just mean like athlete, someone who can run and, and also lift heavy. But I, I see why she, you know, put this, this title on it. But she's running fast and lifting heavy, right? And what I'm seeing from that is other people suddenly being like, hey, maybe I want to do that. A large part of her following from before was people who lifted heavy, right? She comes from the CrossFit world. And we know most of that, uh, I'm going to say we know most of them lift heavy, but it kind of trends towards that. A lot of CrossFitters kind of run like ogres, like I'm going to call a spade a spade here. But simply by her doing these things, doing them frequently and doing them well, she has other people being like, hey, I'm interested in this. I know for a fact, because actually my friend Tina tagged them. Tina went out for a run. Tina is super fit. She's one of my close friends from Brooklyn, uh, who I met through CrossFit. Uh, she's not a runner. She's not really built like a runner. Uh, but she, you know, crushes uh, at, at CrossFit. She's super fit. And did a story yesterday, maybe, of her going out for a run. She's going out for like a two-mile run. Uh, she's like, I haven't run in years. She's like, I used to be able to just go bang out a five-mile run. I haven't run in years. She's like, I just, I just got some new sneakers and got my outfit. I'm looking cute and decided to go and uh, go and try and do a little run, a little two-mile run. And I'm going to blame this on tactic nutrition. And I was like, look at that. And so I sent the story to Meredith. But that's the best thing you can do there. If you're trying to get others to do something, if you are trying to use that, let's, let's use that word. If you're trying to convince someone of the value of something, the best thing you can do is attraction by action. Do the thing yourself and do it a lot and do it well. And maybe a third part, show that it makes you truly happy. I've done posts in the past and I probably will continue to circle back to this concept, but we find what is aspirational to be inspirational, right? There needs to be some sort of aspirational quality to something, or there typically needs to be some sort of aspirational quality to something for us to find it inspirational and being like, oh man, that inspires me. Maybe I want to do that too. So like I said before, part of that's going to be doing something frequently, so your consistency, doing something really well, we expertise, we definitely, you know, as a species tend to really like that. We admire that. I think because of all the factors that go into that and we realize like the time, the, ded- the dedication that goes into it and the fact that it's rare. Like, we do tend to like things that are rare and, and someone being an expert and just being so skilled at something is pretty rare. Uh, and then, But that last part, I think the most aspirational quality of all, and I sent this out as a newsletter, uh, is happiness. Maybe because it's one of the most universal things, right? It, happiness is subjective, but I do believe it's universal. As such, it's you know universally understood, and that allows it to be so aspirational. So I know it's such, a, it's such a, a common level, maybe is the way I want to say that, and thus found to be inspirational. And thus, people are like, I want to do that thing. You know, this happened to me. I experienced this with when I first started traveling for rock tape, and I would 
go on the road. And at some point I would have, I started having uh, people ask me to come teach at their facility. And without fail, every single person that invited me in, we go out to dinner and they would be like, I want to leave my job. Uh, to the point where I would start asking them before they would even say anything. I'd be like, so you want to leave your job? And they'd be like, how did you know? I, but the next thing they would say, and I, as I would be like, well, what do you want to do? And the next thing they would say, it would be like, you know, I, I want, what, what are you doing? It looks like, you know, I want to do that. And I was like, I don't think you really necessarily want to do this because there's a ton of traveling. You have a family. But when I started to, you know, took a step back, I was like, they want the happiness that I have. Like I had a, you know, a ton of happiness, a ton of joy. I still do uh, in, in doing that job and traveling. And I realized, I'm like, that's what people actually want. Not necessarily the vehicle that got me there. Uh, and it's because it's so universal with, thing, with that, with things, with people. So it's kind of circling back to that attraction by action. If we have those three principles there of, or those three concepts there of doing something frequently, doing something well, and you know, being truly happy doing that thing and sharing that joy... You can see, like, it doesn't look like Meredith's necessarily happy when she's running, but, like, the benefits that she's getting, the how she feels afterwards, hitting new, hitting PRs, she's definitely happy about that. And that is aspirational, which makes it inspirational, which makes people want to do it. And there's no convincing needed. But tying into that second point, it takes time, which maybe was that first point, actually, because I said you have to do it often and for a long time and do it well and then be happy it takes time right that is the gift i would give everyone anyone if i could give any gift would be the gift of time what would business look like for you if you could let it be easy and when i say easy when i say it i'm talking about this sales product product is that the right word no this sales process lordy it's been a day what would it look like for you what would your quality of life look like what would the quality of your customers look like for me that's a big thing we talked about this on the the mafia call on on wednesday i don't want the most clients i want the best clients and laura jean put a really good spin on this uh, and she said, you know, you want the clients who you can serve the best. And I was like, yes, I love that. I, I love that spin. It, yes, it, you know, if we can have a both and, I want the most of the best, right? But, or more of the best, but I don't want the most clients. That's not, that's not my goal. It's just like, let me get a lot of people in. And then, you know, because of sheer numbers, like I'll have a more, a higher number that are, you know, relatively speaking, that are better. No, I want the best customers. I want the best clients. My clients right now are fucking phenomenal. And I know that it is because that urgency is removed. It's because I lead with my values and because I haven't forced anything. I haven't taken clients because of that like desperation. I haven't tried to convince people of something or the value of my services and gotten them in before they were ready. It does no good for anyone. Because then you're stuck with this person, and they're stuck with you. I know any of you that any of you that are in treating in any kind of capacity, you know when that client comes in because their wife told them they had to go, or the doctor told them they had to go. They don't even want to be there. 
That's the worst. You're trying to convince them of the value of this service. Like, it's just the fucking worst. What if we could let it be easy? What would that look like for you? What would that look like for the quality of your clients, the quality of your customers? I do believe that it would make things slower. You wouldn't get as many sales up front, but second chance sales are a real thing. If you don't get them the first time around, you will get them later. So long as you are being consistent, you are continuing to be the best at what you do. You're sharing that. You're putting that out there. You're getting results for people. They'll come back. And if not, you know, because they got their problem solved by somebody else or they got, you know, the problem solved at all. Awesome. Good. I want problems to be solved. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, you know, like I said earlier with this episode, I'm not 100% certain that I have, you know, any specific uh, calls to action or any specific suggestions on actions uh, aside from attraction by action. Uh, And perhaps, you know, this is a lot more of an open-ended episode and, and asking what would it look like for you if you could let it be easy? What would it look like for you if you could remove urgency from the sales process? What would it look like for you in terms of the quality of your clients and customers, right? Because the worst job in the world is being in charge of the worst business in the world, and that is the business of convincing. Okay, I think I'm going to wrap it up there because, yeah, I like this episode. This was a fun one. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts your experiences with this, just anything. Hit me up on the gram, the movement maestro. Hit me up on the text. What the heck is the number? 310-737-2345. It's the same for WhatsApp. So if you're like international, you can you can send it on that. 310-737-2345. Maybe I will have a call to action today. Another call to action, I guess. Share it. I know I ask uh, on the long episodes, but I don't even know if you listen to the long episodes. So uh, I will ask it on this one because I haven't asked in a while. So uh, I'm always, you know, it's fun to get new ears on things. Uh, so, and I also, like I said before, I want better, not just more. And we know people like us do things like this. So it's my belief that if I ask you, my dope homies, to share it, you're going to share it with people like you who are also dope, which means I get more M-O-A-R of the best kind of listeners. So if this resonated with you, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, if you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful, or if you just want to do me a solid, share it with somebody who you think might enjoy it. All right, officially wrapping it up. And I'm going to apologize if you can hear the damn dog in the background. I don't even know where the dog is. It's outside somewhere just barking. I'm hoping that because of the way the mic is set up, you can't hear it. But if you can, my apologies. Alrighty, officially wrapping it up. As always, endlessly, endlessly grateful for each and every one of you. Until next time, friends. Maestro, 